0: You are Locked On Packers. I feel like
1: we can run the table. Do we to do? Your
0: daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Pop! Every day.
1: Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Locked On NFL. The NFL season is about to begin and no one covers it like the Locked On NFL podcast. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On NFL is previewing every team, every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts starting August 30th. The Green Bay Packers played their second preseason game on Saturday afternoon against the New York Jets. They fell 23 to 14. But as I said after week one, the points do not matter. The final score does not matter. We are going to talk about Kurt Bankert, who played in place of Jordan Love a little bit later. And we had a, a little bit of news. And it is a discussion around the continuing absence of Z'Darrius Smith. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. This game, though, was the game of the 2021 rookie class. And it started with Eric Stokes. And on on the first possession, the Jets go at him twice with Corey Davis. Zach Wilson is out there. And they get him on a little skinny post, gives him the outside move, and Eric Stokes bites on it in off coverage, and Corey Davis converts a third down. Couple plays later, he's in press coverage on Corey Davis on third down, and Davis is unable to come down with the ball. Stokes, with the PBU, sticks to Corey Davis, one of the better receivers in the league and the jets for now at least their number one receiver someone they paid a lot of money in the off season to go get that's what you want to see from eric stokes he's gonna get beat corners get beat it's it is the the 2021 national football league it, it just is too difficult to be a true shutdown corner and that's not what's being asked of him it is don't be a liability It is don't be the guy that can be targeted over and over again in big spots. The guy that's going to give up big plays in important moments who is going to not know his assignments or is going to miss tackles or is going to misplay a a ball on a potential touchdown when you're in good position to make it and all you need to do is jump at the right time to knock the ball away. Not talking about anyone in particular or any situation in particular. But of course, uh, we can think of some times when that may have happened to the Packers in recent history. He didn't play much beyond that. So now we get back to this question about, okay, we know Eric Stokes is a lock on this team, but if the Packers really think that he's going to be the starter, don't you need to give him some reps? And even if you don't, even if it is an open competition, which was reiterated yesterday when the position coaches got to speak, don't you want the healthy guy to get some of those reps? I I don't think this is an open competition. I think the competition is over. I think Eric Stokes is the starting quarterback too for the Green Bay Packers and when when Kevin King does fully come back i don't believe that he's just going to be plug and play back in there stokes has played too well is he going to be a, a reliable backup player as far as backup players go sure but i think the starting role is stokes there's been there's just been too many glowing reviews from the people around him for me to believe that it's not eric stokes But it wasn't just Eric Stokes. Not by a long shot. On the first offensive drive for the Green Bay Packers. It is the only drive A.J. Dillon played. He played seven snaps and got six touches. Four carries, two catches. Four carries for 28 yards. That's seven yards per, per rush. That's pretty good. And they ran exclusively on the right side of the line where... Rookie Royce Newman happened to be starting. Royce Newman, according to Pro Football Focus, is the Packers' highest graded offensive player through two games. The best player for the Packers' offense, through two preseason games, is Royce Newman. He looks like he has the inside track to win that right guard job as we sit here right now. Josh Myers. I didn't even mention him when I was talking about, oh, this, is, this game was for the class of 2021 in the tweet because... I just took for granted that he's the starting center because he walked into the the, the OTA offseason part of the, the process as the starter. We knew as soon as he was drafted, yeah, he's going to be the starter. You, you use a second-round pick on a center uh, right after your starting center leaves. Lucas Patrick, God bless him. Uh, you know He's in a dogfight for his job right now at right guard. He was never going to be the center on this team. It is Josh Myers' job the Packers might start two rookies on offense, in addition to Eric Stokes starting on defense. Now, did did they need to replace Lucas Patrick? No. He was solid last year for Green Bay. But if they get a guy who plays well enough to get in there, that's really good because it means that they're improving you didn't even you didn't even anticipate that sort of improvement on your team and you could potentially get it if you have someone who's outplaying the guy who was in that spot last year but that's not all but wait there's more kylan hill was awesome in this game seven carries led the team in total touches had 9 and it wasn't just that, that he was able to be great with the ball in his hand. I thought James Lofton on the on the call had a great line. He said, Kylan Hill can't worry about being number three on the depth chart. He has to be worrying about being the guy when the ball touches his hands. I love that. He, he could only control what he does when he's on the field. He was great in pass protection. He was great creating opportunities for himself. A great scramble by Kurt Benkert play where where Kylan Hill got to the first down and basically turned around on the sidelines. Benkert found him and he made not a diving catch, but a a toe tap catch as he's falling out of bounds. Those are the kinds of plays that get you opportunities when the games matter in a couple weeks. He was awesome. He had a grade over 90 from Pro Football Focus and scored again. On a terrific run around the corner. Coincidentally, Rice Newman had one of his worst plays of the game. Got beat early. Uh, Kylan Hill had to stiff arm the defender. But he was able to do it. Turned the corner. Turned on the Jets. And it's a 12-yard touchdown scamper. He turns out to be a dynamic player. TJ Slayton continues to impress. Continues to get opportunities and make the most of them. He had a sack and a couple more pressures. He is someone who is creating opportunities for himself to be impactful. He's going to be a part of this defensive line rotation and has already shown so much more pass rush than we thought he was capable of coming into the season. I mean, he fell the day three for a reason. And you know Brian Gudikins was asked about it. You know why did he fall? And and Guti said, you know we had a we we valued him far above where he was picked. Every GM says that. You know to agree that that's true. Cool. Uh, but he's shown more than than we saw at Florida. Now he had that explosive first step, but in terms of winning, you know the, the hand battle at defensive line is something that a lot of college players just don't have. They don't have the pass rush plan. A lot of those guys are used to winning with speed, used to winning with brute strength, power, explosiveness. And, uh, and to a certain degree, that was TJ Slayton. The sack was in part effort, but it was also, he had a nice little rip move to get free and then close line the Jets quarterback. He had a couple other plays where he won initially with quickness to get penetration and forced the running back off his course or forced the quarterback to move in the pocket. Those plays, you had Kingsley Kiki, you had a couple nice plays in this game. And Jack Heflin, who's an undrafted free agent, he, he could just take Tyler Lancaster's spot. He basically is Tyler Lancaster, but better, I think. I mean... And we, we haven't even talked about the third round pick of Mario Rodgers, who was tied for the, the, the game lead in targets, had five targets, was actually used in a way that I think he would be used in a normal game. And we hadn't seen that to this point. So far, he has not been able to use his route running to get open the way that he did in college. And part of that is these guys are bigger, stronger, faster. And part of that is a lot of the stuff that we're going to see him do early on, he's not doing. But, you know, jet motion, orbit motion, end around, backfield stuff. I don't think we've seen him take a backfield snap. Probably don't want to show that. But they got to the end around off the orbit motion. And we we got to see him on a receiver screen. We got to see him on a little quick game, make a man miss in space. Now, he hasn't looked as explosive as I thought he would. Hasn't looked as quick twitch, but part of that is he's a rookie acclimating to the speed of the NFL. He's learning a new playbook, trying to get comfortable with his quarterback and his spacing. And again, not the role that he is likely going to fill in 2021. He has time to develop. And then even you know further down the list, Cole Van Lannen had his second straight nice preseason game. This class along with the 2019 class could end up being foundational to this Packers team long term. And I don't I don't want to circle back on the the Rodgers Gutikins tension part of this, but I know that anytime I bring up Brian Gutkins it's going to be viewed that way. Given the way that this class looks and the contributions we're going to see from the 20 class, where A.J. Dillon is going to be a huge part of this offense. John Runyon Jr. is going to be a starter. Josiah DeGuara is going to be an important piece for the Packers offense. You're going to get contributions from those guys. The 2019 class, this could be the Rashawn Gary breakout year. We had the Darnell Savage breakout year last year. Alton Jenkins already a star player. And then, you know, you go back to the 2018, obviously Josh Jackson, that experiment didn't work out, but Oren Burks is starting to pop a little bit. MVS is having an awesome camp. We we spent last week, you know, part of part of an episode talking about him or Big Bob Tunyon and Jair Alexander is a super duper star, a top five, top three type NFL cornerback. You bring in Zadaria Smith, you bring in Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner. Um, by the way, Devondre Campbell, who's going to be the no-doubt starter at linebacker on this team. It is hard to argue that Brian Gudekinst is anything other than an excellent talent evaluator to this point. Were there some miscalculations on some personal things? Could some relationships have been handled differently? Yeah, probably. But in terms of talent evaluation... Given the what we saw in this game alone, but but it's it's so much bigger than that. I just don't know how how you argue that that his evaluation skills as a talent guy are anything less than Stellar at this point. Now, some guys, you know, you, you go on a nice little heater. John Schneider went on a nice run and been a struggle since. Maybe that happens. We'll see. To me, early returns are good, and this game was a perfect example of that. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet. Online, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a hundred percent welcome bonus. One hundred percent when you use the promo code locked on. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday night game, Bucks, Cowboys. And if you lose that wager, it will be refunded up to twenty five dollars for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL one hundred. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. I want to talk about Kurt Benkert a little bit because he had a terrific first half, finishes the game 18 of 25 for 151, a touchdown and an interception. And I thought he controlled the line of scrimmage well. He made a number of terrific throws. There was that rolling throw to Kylan Hill, rolling throw to Malik Taylor, the back shoulder throw to Malik Taylor, and the touchdown to Jay Sternberger just off the top of my head that were terrific in terms of ball placement and playmaking from Banker. I don't understand the impulse from some people to frame the Banker play through the lens of Jordan Love and why this has to be oh well Banker did X compared to Love. It always feels like shade And there are people, you know, just like this has been the case for a long time, uh, people in the media, fans, people related to sports, talking heads, all that stuff. They take their position and it's like, okay, Skip Bayless, not a LeBron guy. He's a Kawhi guy, not a Rogers guy. He's a Brady guy. Colin Cowherd, not a Baker Mayfield guy, not a Rogers guy. He's a Brady guy. People have their, their guys. And the same is true with the Packers and their quarterbacks. And there are some people who have decided they're Rodgers guys. And that means that anything Jordan Love does or anything related to anything on the Packers, there we have to find a reason. We have to find an excuse to throw a little bit of shade at Jordan Love. We have to do it because if we throw shade at Jordan Love and if we throw enough, everyone will understand that Aaron Rodgers is the best. And if Aaron Rodgers is annoyed that Jordan Love was the pick, then we are scoring points with the quarterback by saying Jordan Love is not as good as everyone wants him to be. I, I said I don't understand it. I do understand it. And it's stupid. Stop doing this. That's not how this works. I don't and 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 moreover I don't care. Like your take is useless to me if that's your take. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jordan Love was the guy that 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 Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur picked. He is the future of this franchise if it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's not Kurt Benner. So it doesn't matter and all you know all of that is irrespective of the fact that i don't think benkert is better than jordan love and and i think he's awesome as a guy i think he's a really good football player i think he's really talented and i'm rooting for him been on the show friend of the podcast and I, I i don't think i'm betraying his confidence by saying he told me uh that he wants to be in green bay and wants to be in green bay for a long time i hope he is and he has a great opportunity next year, if Jordan Love is the quarterback, to be the quarterback too, knows the system, and certainly looks more than capable of running the offense if he has to in, in a, a short period of time. And look, if the Packers do move forward with Aaron Rodgers, it, presumably that means trading Jordan Love for whatever you can get for him. And you still need a backup. You still need a QB two. And by all accounts, Bankert is well-liked in the locker room, by the coaches, by the players. I just don't think he can make this roster. There's just too many other guys. Can he make it on the practice squad? We'll see. You know, Atlanta just lost their backup quarterback. That was where Banker was before this for the season. So they could probably use a guy who's going to run this same offense to be the backup in Atlanta. That would be a great opportunity for him. I thought he played well. A couple throws he probably wants to have back. The interception was a ball behind Patrick Taylor. He threw a, a pass to Dexter Williams. Where Dexter was running toward the right sideline with Kurt and and he threw it behind Dexter Williams. If that's a receiver, you probably say, okay, probably needs to make that catch, but it's a running back. So, you just the, the standards are different. You just got to flip it to him. You know, if that's Rodgers, he, pro- he might literally underhand it to the running back. Just give him a little flip. But the poise in the pocket, I mean, this is a guy who had his foot stepped on twice. And on the second one, stands up and takes off and picks up five yards. There was another time, miscommunication with him and the running back. Either someone turned the wrong way or the running back didn't know that the play was for him or something. And Kurt just said, screw it, I'm running because I know where this play is supposed to go. Even if it was his screw up, he had the the mental awareness to say, "I, I can go make this play. The guy has more than enough arm strength, more than enough accuracy. And, and I think more than enough acuity to be an NFL quarterback, he is that. And I think he's proven he is that. He belongs on a roster. He's better than, I mean, I've watched a lot of these terrible preseason games. He's better than a lot of backups out there. And and he belongs on a roster. Can he sneak onto Green Bay's? I don't know. I don't know. But it's a really great problem to have because there are teams out there that that barely have one quarterback, much less two. And Green Bay looks like they have three. And and that is a problem, you know, in quotes, heavy scare quotes, that they have at a number of positions. Receiver. Probably offensive line. And and that's something that they're going to have. Linebacker. Running back. I mean, they have too many players at some of these spots. Outside linebacker could be one of those spots. Now, right now, you know, uncertainty around Zadarius Smith, and we're going to get to that in a second. It was really impressive what Kirk Banker did against, by the way, with a backup offensive line, which played so much better against some some of the Jets starters. I mean, you had you had Marcus May out there, C.J. Mosley was out there. Like they had starters out there on defense, and it was the Packers backups to the backups in a lot of cases. I mean, none of the top receivers, none of the top pass catchers, none of the top running backs. AJ Dillon played a series. Josh Myers played, I think, two series. They got to the backups with the quickness. And he still showed more than, more than enough. Now in the second half, didn't play nearly as well. Now you're backups to the backups, to the backups maybe. Do guys always know where to be? The blocking breaks down a little bit. He didn't play as well. A couple inaccurate throws, a couple poor decisions. And I made the joke on Twitter you know thank god the packers told him to be worse in the second half so they could try and sneak him on the practice squad i mean i obviously i was joking but that was the difference in his level of play and and by the way in the first preseason game also had a turnover was not was not electric in that game so in aggregate you know he's he's been fine he's been good solid very good for a qb3 solid for a qb2 and he is qb3 and, and it doesn't have to be any deeper than that. We don't have to throw shade at Jordan Love because Kurt Benkert had a nice day playing backups and playing with backups against a vanilla defense that would otherwise be hellacious in terms of the schematic advantage that they can create. We just don't have to do it. I promise we don't have to do it. We don't have to pit them against each other. They, they probably really like each other. It seems like it's a quarterback room that really gets along. So let's let's just be happy for Kurt. He had an awesome game. At least in the first half. And he he now has put himself in a position to have a, a a very real NFL career and that is awesome and we should be celebrating that and and we are and I am and I'm happy for Kurt. And today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. How's that? <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? Coconut, coconut almond, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and they are all delicious. You can get the mix box, get them all in there. They're all delicious. They're all high in protein. High in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOX15. to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOX15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have, a, you have a computer, you have a phone with access to rockauto.com. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you could go to Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oils, even new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website today to fill all your auto parts needs and tell them Locked On sent you in there. How did you hear about us box? So guess what? they know we sent you betting on the packers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favored picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts so this zedarius smith situation has been strange and one of the reasons why it's been strange is the Packers have been very coy about explaining what's going on. And Matlow Floor was given an opportunity yet again on Sunday to, to explain it and wouldn't go into detail about it and just said, you know, he had a setback and he tried to go out there and they might, might now be in jeopardy for week one. And so you know there's been very little explanation for what the injury is we've been told it's a back injury it makes sense those are very finicky in terms of like if we're just if we're just playing this by the book and saying okay let's just take for granted everything that's being said about it and okay it's a back injury and he comes off nfi and he's trying to go and he has a setback and he's not 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 feeling it and we just don't know what the situation is because backs are tricky That would be a reasonable thing to think. The the difficulty is there is this reporting that given the way the offseason went and the way that he was restructured, he was unhappy with the way that that was handled. And he didn't really realize that it could go that way. And now he understands that he's not going to be on the team in 2022 at his current cap number which means either got to rework a deal and and get an extension that the packers were unwilling to give him last year or trade it or cut and that is a hard pill to swallow for a guy who has given two awesome years to the green bay packers i totally understand his frustration and so this has been something that I have speculated um, to, to media people and friends and, and have had in private conversations. I don't believe I've said it on the podcast. But when I, when I saw Matt LaFleur's press conference, I sent a, a DM to, uh, to Jake Morley and Jake Westendorf. We have a little group text. And I was like, man, this is weird. I wonder if Zadarius is holding in. I wonder if he's showing up to camp because he he doesn't want to get fined 50 grand a day, but he's not, he's not practicing because he wants this fixed, but he doesn't want to make it public. So he's saying he's hurt. And, you know, Westendorf made a good point. Why come off NFI if that's the case? And, you know, there might be, there might be salary cap mechanisms and other things that, you know, in the contract that might trigger if he doesn't. And there you know, there's, there's potential reasons to do it that way. But Brian Gudikins was asked about it. And he, no, it's not a big deal. It's an injury. It's a back injury. And he, he tried to go out there and his body didn't respond well to it. And you know, we're we're concerned about it. But Zadarius has not expressed any issues to him. And you can choose to believe that or not. I mean, that's up to you too. Um, you hope that they're not related. But it is also relevant because he is now a player who is um, you know, he's he's not 24 anymore. Now he's not old by any by any stretch. You know, it's not like we're you're talking about Clay Matthews here. You know, he's still only 28. It's gonna turn 29 in September. So still physically in the prime of his career. But you don't want back injuries ever with a football player, ever, with anyone, frankly. Back injuries, as someone who, who has one, they suck. And and in a lot of cases, they are for life. They don't really ever get better. You just manage them. Especially for someone who has to put as much strain on his body and load as much on his body as Darius Smith does. Part of the reason this pass rush can be so awesome is because of Z Preston, and Rashawn Gary combined with, with Kenny Clark, Kingsley, Kiki, and now someone like TJ Slayton. You, you hope that there's no residual contract problems. You hope that this is just the injury. We're going to take that at face value, but you also want the injury to heal quickly. You want him to be able to get out there because the Packers need him. The Packers need him to be the game wrecker that he was in 2019. And it was at, at times in 2020. And if he can't be that, then you do start have to ask him questions about his future, especially with the cap number, what it is in 2022. Now, I think the cap number is fixable and, you know, he he seems to like playing in Green Bay. The, the fans have embraced him. And so you hope there's a resolution on that front, irrespective of what's going on with the injury. But no matter what the truth is, this is this is something to monitor, not just right now, but as the season uh, progresses and into next offseason. We're going to be back tomorrow. We've got uh, we've got some interviews to come this week. Um, and I'm excited about them. So uh, we will we will get to that coming up a little bit later. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. To stay. Locked on Packers.